0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Healthcare in the United States has long been a mess for too many people. But the pandemic forced us to rethink medicine. And maybe there are ways we can make it easier. And a growing number of startups are trying to find ways to make healthcare more accessible, but to those who can't afford it, there are companies like One Medical or Carbon Health or Parsley. They often require a subscription, but with it comes access to things like 24-7 virtual care or rapid blood testing. And all of these VC-backed companies indeed saw explosive growth during the pandemic. Recode's Adam Clark Estes has been looking into the growth of telemedicine and these app-based primary care providers over the last year. Are these tech-forward services helping or harming American healthcare? Hey, Adam. Hi, Teddy. So let's just level set here. Before we talk about these new approaches to primary care, tell me like, what the problem is that these tech startups are trying to solve.
0: The problem is there are too many patients and not enough primary care doctors to take care of them. For primary care, a lot of patients feel like they're just going to treat a specific issue. They're not going on a regular basis. And so the doctor doesn't have a full picture of their health. And when they do have a problem, primary care doctors often just write a prescription or refer you out to a specialist. So folks feel like they don't know their doctors, like maybe folks back in the, I don't know, the fifties or sixties knew their local doctor.
1: Okay. So that's the problem. Now the solution is to make a more intimate relationship between a doctor and a patient. Tell me about what these new primary care providers are trying to accomplish.
0: Right. So if the the problem is patients aren't talking to their doctors enough, a lot of these services are making it easier for that to happen. And the way they're doing it is similar to a trend that emerged in the 90s called concierge medicine. And with those models, a concierge doctor would only have like 50 patients that they took care of. And those patients would all pay a very high premium, um, a fee thousands of dollars usually. And they would basically have their doctor's cell phone number or beeper number and could get in touch with them to ask about any sort of problem. Concierge doctors would also have relationships with local hospitals so that their patients could get better care there. And now a lot of these new tech-based primary care services are essentially using an app to handle a lot of that communication. And some of them are charging a fee for it, maybe not thousands of dollars, but hundreds. And some of them aren't. But the key here is making it easier for patients to talk to their doctors, which is inevitably a good thing. The question here is just whether or not these tech startups are uh, really being equitable in in. Helping solve that problem.
1: Sure, I mean, obviously, if everybody could pay thousands of dollars or even hundreds of dollars a year in a, in a yearly subscription fee, people would prefer to have you know a fifty to one ratio versus a you know twenty million to one ratio uh, that it is in, in, in a big doctor's office. And it's called a concierge medicine, right? The idea, almost like a hotel concierge, you show up there, you say, you know, how do I get tickets to the play? It's someone who can help you get tickets to a hospital, right? I mean, that that's the idea.
0: That's almost the ambition. But a lot of these startups, really, they want to they grow. They, they want to have a lot of patients, a lot of users, and uh, be big players in the healthcare space. So they're basically, rather than describing themselves as concierge medicine services, I think that they would say they're digital-first primary care services. So the first thing you do is you consult an app if you have a question. And that app will put you in touch with a healthcare provider who might do a chat with you or might do a video call with you. they're sort of a a process of working your way up to an actual physical visit because those virtual visits are much easier to do for both the patient and the doctor. And in the long run, it's cheaper.
1: Adam, you mentioned obviously concerns about equity and whether or not this is a better system overall, even if it's a better system for the wealthy or upper middle class. Should we be concerned about inaccessibility of some of these higher end apps or membership based services?
0: Some people are definitely concerned. One Medical, for instance, which was created in the Bay Area and really caters to tech companies. Uh, companies like Google offer it as a as a perk, as a, an employee benefit. But One Medical got in trouble earlier this year. It was accused of letting its patients skip the line for vaccines. So some of these rich tech employees were getting the vaccine sooner um, when they didn't qualify for it. And One Medical apologized for that. Then again, There are companies like Carbon Health or Firefly Health, which do not require a fee. It's just a different way of doing primary care, one that is really virtual first. And I think that talking to the founders of both of these companies, they they really have the hope to democratize medicine and to get uh, more medical care to more people. And I think the case is actually really compelling. If I look at my own life, I Love my primary care doctor. I've been seeing her for almost 10 years, but I only see her about once every 18 months or if I have a health problem and have to go into the office. Apps like Carbon Health, which I could sign up for and pay the same for using my employer health insurance. With that, I could actually go to the app and ask questions if I had a a healthcare problem. I wouldn't have to go to Google and try to figure it out on my own or I wouldn't have to set up an appointment and go into an office and spend half my day to talk to a doctor for 15 minutes. So... I still love my primary care doctor, but after talking to the founders of all these companies, I'm starting to have second thoughts if that old model uh, still works for me.
1: And Adam, I imagine you, like others, kind of came to these services at the start of the pandemic, right? Lots of these app-based medical providers are seeing valuation spikes, kind of big growth. I wonder what your experience was like with you one medical provider over the course of COVID.
0: Well, it's, it's key you bring that up because COVID is the whole reason I found out about these companies. You
1: were one of many people who flocked to these services specifically because of COVID.
0: Yes, one medical did a promotion in New York City. And I think throughout the country, if uh, you signed up for a free trial of their service, you would get free COVID testing for a month. And at that time in New York, there was really no other way to get quick COVID testing. And so I did it and I got a COVID test and uh, it was a, pretty seamless experience. I did everything in the app and just showed up to a site and that was it. Then later I found out about Carbon Health because they were doing the same thing, except because there wasn't a membership. Uh, I just became a member of their service. And then I used Carbon for all of my COVID testing and and have used them for the past year. But um, I haven't switched over completely. I think that I still have some reservations about going virtual first with my doctor. But then again, I think that those reservations don't make a lot of sense because In many ways, I feel like virtual care is less personable and less intimate. My doctor wouldn't know me as well. But like I just said, I like my primary care doctor, but I see her once a year if I'm lucky.
1: Yeah, yeah. So to you, you're not necessarily sold on on pivoting entirely to kind of this virtual care model. And I assume you are not going to be paying for the uppermost and, you know, concierge doctor thousands of dollars a year in subscription fees. So
0: I'll say this. I'm not switching my primary care service to an app. Quite yet. But I am thinking about it. And I, I think that's where we're at with all of these models. They've gotten a lot of people curious about what it could be like to have more telemedicine in their lives. And that would have been impossible to think of 18 months ago or two years ago. Uh, what the pandemic has done is it is, as one founder put it to me, it increased their company's focus group size from about 3,000 to the entire country because suddenly everybody was trying this for the first time, talking to a doctor from their their smartphone and and realizing that uh, they can actually get pretty good care that way. They can get prescriptions quickly and technology is gonna play a much bigger role in healthcare in the near future. Adam Clark Estes, Deputy Editor
1: of Recode, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Teddy. And you're going to be hearing more from Adam on this podcast because, some news here, he is going to be taking over the role as host of the show. Welcome, Adam. Thanks, Teddy. It's been great getting to know everybody over the last year as the host, and I'm excited for Adam to run with it.
0: Over the next week, I'll be easing into the new job by running some of my favorite old episodes of Rico Daily. So stay tuned.